we left off with uh, following the Lord. How, where, where are we in this following after him? Uh, the, the kind of invitation, but the, the message usually leads when we're, when we're talking about leading out and, and somebody following the Lord after a message similar to that. It's, uh, you know, we're looking for full-time people to, to surrender their life and uh, to go into ministry full-time, whether it be a pastor, missionary, school teacher, something like that. But I, I concluded with, you know, where, where are we personally uh, on an individual basis? Is there something in our life or has there been something in our life that has a tendency to hinder our walk with the Lord? In Galatians 5.16 it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.25 if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sins. To follow usually means to walk behind somebody. I'm following, uh, I'm following Brother Dave back to the pastor's office for whatever. But a lot of times when I would have the children say, follow me, that meant, okay, don't lag way behind me, but come up here by me, because as we're going, I'm going to start explaining to you what it is that I'm, the task I'm going to give to you. So following, we can be at different distances. As we concluded the morning message, the closer we follow, the, the better that we're going to be. Don't let things get in the way of, of hindering our walk. We looked at the verses in Jude, and that's where we're going to, uh, that's where we're going to go to this, uh, this evening. Uh, Jude, beginning in verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Father, I ask in these next few minutes that we're gathered together as we just look at I hate to say an academic thing, but some Bible verses and how do we keep ourselves in the love of God so that we can stay close to you, so that we can have that fellowship, that we can walk in the Spirit, that we'd not have those ups and downs in our life, but uh, that we'd have that close walk with you, a close walk with the brethren in the church, and a, a, a testimony that would be pleasing unto you. We our desire, our goal really is to please you in every area of our life. Lord, thank you for your written word, for us to be able to read it in our language, for us to be able to search the scriptures daily to see what things there are for us. Lord, would you continue to use your word tonight as we lay out just a few verses here on things that we can do and that you've already laid out for us to keep us in your love and in our walk. In Christ's name I pray, amen. The first thing, uh, I kind of broke this down into uh, just uh, one, two, three, four, five different areas. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So how do we do that? Uh, you can stick a bookmark or finger there. We're, we're just going to come back to highlight different portions of the verse. Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to look at a multitude of verses tonight. Uh, the first section we're going to look at is building up ourselves. Proverbs chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I did not print the verses out on purpose because it takes me usually a while to be able to find verses 
and y'all are fast. I, I just realized one of the reasons he can say, okay, uh, everybody stand. We're going to do Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and then you take off. I'm still looking for it in my Bible, and you're, but you, you have the paper up here. <laughs> Turn in your songbook, too. I don't remember what the first. I'm, I, we're halfway through the, the, the second verse before I found it in the songbook, so I'm going to slow you all down just a little bit. But I want you to look at the verses. You're not going to hear anything new. You're not going to hear anything the pastor hasn't, hasn't told you in message after message or whatever. But there's times I need refreshing. There's times I need rem reminding. And so let's just look at what are some things that we can do to build up ourselves. Proverbs 2, beginning in verse 1. My son... If thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and seekest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Uh, one of the things there when it, it mentions when thou... Uh, Seekest her as silver and searches for her as for hid treasures. Uh, I don't know what it was like in, in your home as the children were growing up or are growing up. Uh, go get, I can't find it. At the, at the end of their days at home, I said, pretend it's got a $20 bill wrapped around it and go look for it again. You'll search for it a little bit more diligently. And that's kind of what he's saying here. If thou seekest her as silver... And searches for her as for hid treasures. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. In other words, there has to be some real effort to it. I pick up things reading through my Bible by just reading through my Bible. But it's when I'm reading paying attention. When it's when I'm reading looking for something on purpose. Reading for, Lord, I don't know uh, what you have in the Bible verses that are laid out today, but Lord, show me something. Teach me something. Draw my attention to something so I, I get some information out of this that's going to help me in my walk. Verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom, for the righteous, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness, judgment, and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Look over to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 17 through 20. Proverbs 22, beginning in verse 17, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. How many of us hear something, but we didn't really hear it? I heard it, but I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I, I saw your lips moving. <laughs> Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. What that means in English is, bow down your ear. You know, they always say, in, in the Hebrew, it says. No, in English, when it says, bow down the ear, that's, that's literally just what it means. It, you're bowing down your ear. You're, you're paying close attention to. Uh, I'm right behind Brother Corey as far as I have, a, I have an appointment uh, next month to be able to get a second pair of ears. Because I'm saying, what? What did you say? <laughs> I, 
Cheryl, if you're going to talk to me, look at me. Don't look out the window. Don't look at the windshield. Talk to the ear, okay? Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou, if thou keep them within thee. They shall withal be fitted in thy lips, that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee uh, this day, even to thee, have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and in knowledge? I don't know how you read the Bible. I read the Bible, especially Psalms and Proverbs. Uh, uh, I read it as if it was God writing to me. Now, I realize that when David penned a lot of his, his psalms, that he was writing them, some of them for personal benefit, some of them just for, well, I'd probably say all of them for the Lord, but uh, some of them for the nation of Israel to be able to sing when, uh, when they were doing different things. And uh, so I read them personally. I especially read the book of Proverbs that way. Even though it appears that Solomon wrote a, a majority of the Proverbs specifically to his son, I take it as God writing directly to me. Turn over to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22 and verse 29. Jesus answering said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Sometimes we can make a wrong choice or a wrong decision because we didn't understand the spiritual implications because of it. You do err. In other words, you can make a mistake not knowing what the Scripture says. I don't run and filter everything through, uh, well, okay, before I make any decision, how does that fit with the Bible? Sometimes you just go to the grocery store. You know, sometimes... Uh, we don't make any major purchase unless we have both talked about it, unless we have both prayed about it, and uh, uh, how, how does the Lord fit in, in all this? But one of, the things that, one of the things that I have said for years is God gave you a brain as well as a Bible. Use both of them when you're making a decision. Don't, don't just... You may be extremely smart. You may be able to figure things out. And there's ways to figure out how to purchase a car or purchase a house or a large thing. You know, one of the things that they'll talk about, I think Dave Ramsey talks about, you, you draw a line down the, the center of a paper and you put down all the positives and all the negatives. Okay, that's a good thing. But we also need to run things past, well, run things past the Lord. Uh, Lord, what? you know, if you don't want me to get this, stop me. How many people have prayed that way? That's just... Are you asking for a broken leg or a broken arm or something like that? I mean, that means you pretty much have made up your mind. I'm going to do this unless providence really comes down and hinders me from doing it. No, run things, think things through. How does this fit with the, with the Bible when we're getting ready to do something? Luke chapter 4, verse 4. Like I said, very familiar passages of Scripture if you've been in church any length of time in reading your Bible. Luke 4, verse 4, and Jesus answered him saying, It is written, the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That's one of the reasons I make a grand and glorious attempt to read through my Bible. Do I always read every word? My eyeballs see it, but it doesn't always register in my brain, to be quite honest. But if he says that uh, every word of God is important, then 
whether, whether you read all the way through the Bible every year, at least start reading. If you're not reading through the Bible, start. It doesn't make any difference where, whether you get through the whole Bible in a year. I, I realize that young people have a very difficult time because of school schedules, attention span, and everything like that. But get, get started. Uh, we had Pastor Brennan has been uh, really pushing uh, people reading through their Bible and uh, we've got a handful of new believers, but we get some people in the church that have been saved for a while. And uh, one of the, a couple of the people that, that responded, which I was a little bit surprised about, uh, particularly one lady, she said, and I, I don't remember how she was in her mid-30s, and said, I made it. I read through my whole, I read through my whole Bible last year. So, you know, so there was, we sent all kinds of stuff on Facebook to her just, you know, yay, good job and everything like that. But if you, if you miss tomorrow because you're out there shoveling snow, start on Tuesday. But, but, don't, but don't just skip Bible reading. Put, put it in your schedule. And if it takes you two years to read through the Bible, fine. If it takes you, if it takes you all year just to read through the New Testament, fine. Just start. Just be consistent. Just, just work at it. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Uh, turn over to Acts, uh, Acts chapter 17. I can almost quote that one off the top of my head, but I'm kind of like Brother Dave. As soon as I do that, I mess it up. So we'll just go ahead and look at it. Acts chapter 17, verse 11, talking about the believers in, in uh, Thessalonica. Acts 17, 11, these were no more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. The reason they were searching them was to make sure Paul's teaching the truth. But the, the, the main point of that is they searched the scriptures daily, trying to learn and uh, to have things uh, ready and prepared and to learn what the scriptures are saying. Colossians chapter 3 Colossians chapter 3, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians 3 and 16. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It goes back to kind of Karen's testimony about having, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his mercy. And I forget exactly how the, uh, the, the, the verses, uh, verse goes that she was, uh, was applying and was quoting. But uh, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. One of the best things that we have done for children and I know there's mixed emotions sometimes about the Ron Hamilton and stuff. He put a lot of people, a lot of young people, some scripture into their heads and some Bible principles in their heads. The easiest way for me to learn a Bible verse uh, is if I can, if there's a tune for it. We have a chorus book at Wildwood that has a bunch of Bible verses that have been put to words. Uh, Jeremy and Heather and the kids are up in uh, up in Alaska. They're not in Fairbanks tonight. I think they're. Uh, I think next week they're going to be in Fairbanks. Uh, Bible Baptist Church. Uh, Brother uh, Doug Duffett is the pastor up there. And uh, Cheryl and I had a chance to be able to go there for a, a couple of services. Uh, 
three years ago when we were up there visiting the children. And Brother Duffett has taken a multitude of verses and has put them to music himself. Well, the church all knows them, but as a visitor, and there was nothing up on the there was nothing up on the wall except for some words. So you and that's the one thing I don't like about choruses because you don't know what the tune is. But uh, in his in Brother Duffett's church, they will sing choruses, Bible choruses, for at least a half hour before he says, "Okay." I think there's a good spirit here. I think we're ready to start church. It was, okay, so you just do this once. You just do this on Sunday morning. They do it every service. And to be quite honest, even though I didn't know how the music went, I was ready for the preaching. You know, my notebook's open. My Bible's open. Let's go. I, it, it just, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So that's one of the ways, or several of the ways, we can build up yourselves on your most holy faith. The next part of that, uh, uh, those verses, is praying in the Holy Ghost. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. That kind of goes along with the wisdom, Lord, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do in this situation. I'm not sure what to or where to or how to. So we call unto him. But when you do that, do you just toss up a prayer and then just take off and go? Or do you give him time to give you some kind of a response, whether it be a Bible response, whether it be a, a, an impression on your heart or in your mind? Uh, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. So he's asking us to be able to, uh, to actually call his name out and give him some time to respond. The best way for him to respond, turn in your Bible to uh, Matthew chapter 6 again. The best way for him to respond is through the scriptures. Uh, again, the importance of reading the, uh, the Bible. The important, the, one of the things that I like about the Bible reading schedule that we're all on, seeing us how we're using the same book, uh, you get Old Testament, Psalm, Proverbs, and New Testament. You could be sitting there and you've got this you know, major thing that you're praying about, but you're dealing with Jacob and Esau. Now you might get something out of there, but there's a whole lot greater opportunity if you're reading in four different, uh, four different places for the Lord to give you some specific direction. Matthew chapter 6, praying in the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. But, when, uh, but thou... When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee, how? Openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Are your prayers repetitious? Well, I don't think so. Do you pray the same thing every mealtime. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a tendency to get into a... Not that there's anything wrong with the prayers that we pray, but we get into a habit. Well, maybe y'all don't, but some of us do. And so one of the things that I do, not for entertainment or, or anything, but when we have somebody over at our house, I don't always pray. 
Occasionally I will have Cheryl pray. I will ask a visiting person, pastor or missionary or whatever, to pray for the meal. Well, okay, they're kind of used to that, and I don't know whether they use the same prayer at our place as they do when they're at home. The interesting ones is when you look at the wife and say, Debbie, would you pray today? And they, the reaction I've had from a couple pastor's wives is, what? Uh, uh, well, yeah, I can. Uh, they're, they're just not expected or even think that they're going to be called on to pray you know, when they're at somebody else's house. One of the things that I greatly enjoy is listening to the children pray. And I do that for a couple of reasons. One, to get them used to praying. One, to get them to think about, okay, dad doesn't have to pray all the time, or my uncle doesn't need to pray all the time. I can pray. I can thank the Lord for our food. Plus, it helps me to know where they are mentally, what's going on in their brain, because sometimes the, the food prayer gets kind of wandered off into the ditch with, with some other things and every once in a while. But uh, I can tell uh, Wednesday nights, uh, we have, Wednesday night we have, uh, and it changes, a group of young boys that are in master's clubs or whatever they're, they're in, uh, that, that come forward and take our bus offering on Wednesday night. And so you can tell who's used to praying at home. Because pastor will say, uh, Joel, will you pray tonight? And Joel will say, no. <laughs> okay. Well, Joel may only be five or six, but you can tell he's not used to, or he's afraid that every, you know, I, I prayed at home, but I'm not going to pray in front of all these people. But I've noticed the ones that are, should I say, comfortable, don't mind praying because they're accustomed to it. One of the things that we need to be working with our children and grandchildren on is not only their Bible reading, but letting them learn to talk to God. When you were praying, were you even thinking about what it was that you were saying? And uh, anyway, so uh, don't have repetitious prayers. I, I really fight against that at, at mealtime myself. Uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Galatians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We forget sometimes that we're, we're actually in a spiritual battle. We get frustrated with the way things go. We get frustrated with maybe things that are going on in government or things that are going on at work or the car that just broke down or, or a spouse or a child or something like that. We forget that we're in a spiritual battle. The devil and the world and the flesh are going to do everything it can to keep us from walking and with the Lord and keeping ourselves in the love of God. If it can get us distracted, uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil are, are winning. Look down here at verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Well, I'm used to praying with the prayer list. Yeah, well, when it, when it gets down there, uh, praying, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, we should be able to pray longer than two minutes. Uh, it was rather interesting uh, because I was not completely familiar with the schedule Wednesday night. We ended up, I ended up having a short message for a change, pat myself on the back. And uh, 
And we had, as it was pointed out, we have extra prayer time. Okay, what if you didn't have the prayer list? Can you, can you, are, is your prayer life, are the people, the things you're praying about at home, is there enough of it to be able to fill up 10 or 15 minutes at church if you're not praying with somebody else? Or I just work off the prayer list. Well, the prayer list is good, but when it says praying for all saints, when was the, when was the last time that, that you prayed for any or and not necessarily all at one time, but all of your missionaries. When was, and I can't you know, say I can't see the, the names from here, but uh, have you called out their names before the Lord? Much less one another. Uh, you know, I was Mrs. So-and-so, is she still struggling with, uh, are you still praying? Or was it just a prayer request that you prayed about on Wednesday night? Okay, so there's lots of things that we can be praying about and praying for. Turn over to... Uh, 1 Thessalonians, just over a couple pages. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. You know when I'm best at that? In an ice storm, in a snowstorm, <laughs> pray without ceasing. Weather's good, I'm looking out the window. I'm looking for turkeys, I'm looking for deer, I'm looking for anything else that might be out there. And Cheryl's saying, Cheryl's over there to see praying, and she said, your driving is beginning to scare me. It's beginning to scare me also, because I'm not paying them. I keep telling her, so much to see, so little time left to see it. I probably would be better off if I was focused on the driving and what's on the road and praying while I'm driving to continue to develop my prayer life because I'm supposed to be praying for all saints. It's not like, okay, you just have to pray for the people in your church. Well, what about the other people that you know that, that we should be praying for also? In everything, verse 18, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Pastor or Larry or Sunday school teacher, I'm not sure what the will of God is. There's, there's a, about four verses in the Bible that says this is the will of God, and right here's one of them, and that's to have giving Thanks. Uh, in everything, give thanks. Is that difficult? Yes. In everything. It's easy to thank him for the good stuff. It's easy to thank him when things are going well. It's easy to thank him when we've got uh, abundance of uh, you know, money or something like that. But uh, in everything, in everything, give thanks. Uh, it'll help continue to grow you spiritually to keep yourself in the love of God. Then turn over to, uh, uh, this is one of the few places that we actually go backwards. I try to lay things out in order, but go back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 here in... Uh, Verses uh, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what uh, we know. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us 
with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I hope you haven't had any of those times recently, but there are times in everyone's life where you prayed everything you could think to pray. You shed virtually every tear that you could shed over a situation, and you get to the place where there's no more words. It's just a groaning. It's just a, a quiet, tears running down your cheeks. Uh, quiet. Lord, I don't know what else to say. He takes those groanings which cannot be uttered, and they're translated into what we're feeling to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that he's the one that hears and answers those. Uh, he maketh he, and when, I, when it says he, is it talking about the Holy Spirit or is it talking about Jesus going to the Father also? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you get to the end of the words, he knows what you mean. He knows what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your life. And uh, he interprets that and brings that before the throne of God. Building up yourselves, praying in the Holy Ghost. The next phase, a phrase there is keep yourselves in the love of God. How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? Turn to Psalm 17. Psalm 17. <clears throat> Psalm 17 and verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of destroyer. I read that as concerning the, uh, concerning the works of men, because of your word that I have read, that I have memorized, that I have heard preached, it has kept me from going the, down the wrong path. And here it talks about the destroyer, but having made a mess of my life or having made a major bad decision or whatever, uh, again, the importance of the word of God in your, in your life. Psalm 119, verse 101. Psalm 119, verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? By making right choices, by making right decisions, and uh, by knowing uh, what's right and wrong. Excuse me. <laughs> the tears run and so does my eyes sometimes. I have refrained, refrained my feet from every evil way. I'm not too concerned about uh, Dave Corey going off and getting drunk tomorrow night. Snowstorm or no snowstorm. But young people, it's amazing how much the unspiritual world, the, the devil and all his demonic activities in the world, know where you live. When I say know where you live, they know the things that can get you off track. And it's very difficult as a young person to get focused 
and to stay focused because there's so many things that, that vie for our attention all the time. That was part of the reason why I used the uh, testimony of William Borden, who got saved at seven, and was he an unusual character? Yes, he was, in that he got steadfast about the Lord right after he got saved and never swayed off of it no matter what was going on. I wish to God that we all had that testimony, but we live in the world. And the world is going to do everything it can to draw you off into the flesh and into the world and to get you off sidetracked so that you miss what God's perfect will is for your life. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. And it's not just young people that get caught with that. Uh, People, uh, as they're, sometimes we get caught with the uh, making money as we're, uh, got a, we, we can even have a family and everything, but we can, the, the world is always going to be vying for our attention. I'm not saying that the devil's behind everything that goes on, but he knows, he knows how to get our attention to try and get us sidetracked. Uh, Proverbs 16 and verse 17. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. So it's up to us to keep our way. Pastor, well, we can call up pastor. We can call up dad. We can call up our spouse. We, we can call up our prayer partner. We can call up somebody from the church. But ultimately, it's our choice. Ultimately, it's our decision. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Turn to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. Proverbs 23 and verse 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. That's why it is so heartbreaking when you see somebody get saved or see somebody grow up in church, and they're in church for a while, but then all of a sudden they disappear, and the next thing you know you hear about that they're off in the weeds someplace that they did not stay focused. Uh, let me see. Romans chapter 16. <clears throat> Romans chapter 16 and verse 19. Kind of jumping in the middle of, a, of a, what's going on here, but... For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. In other words, there's a multitude of people that know your testimony. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Uh, we have a particular child that's in our, in our family clan that is... Uh, Pretty naive about a lot of stuff. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for naivety that somebody says something that's just a little off color or whatever. She doesn't get it. May her mind and heart always be like that. That we should be uh, uh, wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. It's, it's so easy to with the world, to with all the stuff that's on television and, and everything else, the music and, and all, to get that stuff in our head and, and uh, we lose that innocence that, that comes along with, uh, with growing up in a good home. Uh, 
First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four. Just before the uh, book of Hebrews, there. First Timothy <clears throat> chapter four, beginning in verse seven. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise thyself unto godliness. In other words, it's work. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come because we heard it in church. It doesn't just happen because dad did devotions and we just sat there and listened. It doesn't just happen because we're going to just, I grew up in a Christian home. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For This is my favorite, one of my favorite. For bodily exercise profiteth little. It doesn't say not to do bodily exercise. It just, in the long run, it doesn't profit a whole lot. But godliness is profit. Profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. The choices and the decisions, the exercise in godliness now, not only is going to pay off in our life in the world today, but there's benefits down the road. And some of them are going to show up all the way out, in, uh, out there in eternity. Uh, verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of believers in the word. In conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attendance to reading and to exhortation in doctrine. What is it that you talk about? It's rather interesting. Uh, I, I got away from working with teens and, and attending a lot of the teen activities to now I'm back uh, uh, sometimes up in the, our Christian school and, and, and around we have, a, uh, we have a big youth rally a couple times a year just to listen along with the basketball and volleyball games that the young people are involved. It's interesting to listen to the things that they, they talk about. Be thou an example of the believers in word and in conversation, in charity and spirit and faith and purity, till I come give attendance to reading and to exhortation. Turn over to James 1, James chapter 1, just a few more pages over again. On the other side of the book of Hebrews, James chapter 1 and verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves, Put in, putting into practice the things that you know are right. Uh, for the most part, I would I'm thinking, having known Pastor Dunbar for a uh, 40 years, it's been 40 years, uh, known Pastor for uh, 40 years, uh, most of the time his preaching is usually to a point, to a decision. Sometimes there's teaching, sometimes there's, you know, this is informational, kind of like this message is, uh, that it's, it's, it's coming to a conclusion. Oh, praise the Lord. Do you know what time it is? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> It, but it's, uh, he's preaching to a decision for us to make a decision about something that the Lord has, has given to him. But uh, there are times where we just, we just need to do what's right. Be doers of the word. Put into practice the things that we learn. Uh, I, there was a question that popped up, Aaron, about the, the uh, everlasting rest or whatever. <laughs> I thought they were building coffins myself, but... Uh, is that mainly a teen activity? Is that for anybody? Uh, I, I expect the teens to be 
Okay. Oh, well, that, that came up at, at uh, lunch table today. Was, is this a teen activity or was this a church-wide announcement? Or, I'm not really sure, but... Well, I, well, and what is, what, is the, uh, what is the title of that again? Sleep in Heavenly Peace. That's the name of Sleep in Heavenly Peace, yeah. Sounds like, a, sounds like a, maybe a nursing home and a funeral home connected together there, but... <laughs> Building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ is the last part of that, uh, those two verses. Looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I could have gone several ways, but I narrowed it down to particularly when uh, he shall come to receive his people to himself. Titus chapter 2. Just back a couple of verses again. Titus, or pages again. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, looking for his uh, return. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We talk about it, we mention it in church and everything, but are you really looking for his return? Uh, it talks about he's going to come back in the clouds. I don't know how many times I've looked up at the clouds and I said, oh, tell us Maybe today looks like a good day to come back. There's clouds up there. Uh, I don't, does that mean there's clouds all the way around the world? Or I, you know, I'm not sure all that works. But do you are you looking for him to return? You know, they've been looking for his return since since these verses were were penned and everything. But yes, should be looking for his return. Uh, continue to work, work towards uh, Revelation. Turn to uh, where to go. 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Uh, that's going to be a sight to behold. I'm thinking that all the saved, we're going to be up in heaven when that takes place, you talk about, and I don't know whether it's going to be like a firework event or whatever, but that the, uh, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. That is going to be a day to behold. But he was talking about looking, uh, looking forward to that. Turn back to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter four and verse eight. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. When I've looked through and, and preached through the different crowns that are available that we can win or earn or whatever, I have questions whether I will get some of those crowns. But here's a crown that every one of us, no matter our age, can receive, but, uh, uh, but unto all them that love his appearing, there's a crown of righteousness. It, we should at least be able to show up to give him one crown, if nothing else, no matter how good or bad our life is gone. 
when we're looking for his appearing, we will, uh, we will receive a crown for that. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. How does he keep us from falling? We just went through several things to keep ourselves in the love of God, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, building up ourselves, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, keep us from falling. Turn to 2 Peter again, chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. In other words, he is given to given and giving to us everything that we need for this life and to have a godly life on top of it, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue, whereby, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. People who struggle with, I don't know if I'm saved or not, fall right in this category. They've never kept themselves in the love of God. They're not, they haven't built themselves up, and they get away from the Lord. They've not added uh, the virtue and the knowledge and the temperance and all that. Uh, and so when they, when they lack these things, uh, they'll go down to life and get near the end of life or get a, in a place in life where they say, I don't even know if I'm saved. It's because you didn't keep yourself in the love of God. You didn't build yourself up. You, you added nothing. You added nothing to your life whatsoever. You just showed up for church. You just came to the activities. You just went through the motions. That's, that, that's, that's why somebody can get to a place that said, I just don't know. What do you do with somebody that says, I'm not sure that I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm saved? Uh, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm actually asking for some response. Uh, maybe you've talked to somebody. Maybe you've been in that situation or whatever. What would you say to somebody that says, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not? Yes, sir. Jesse. That's exactly what I would do. Okay, if you're not sure, if you're not sure, let's go through these verses. When, when you got saved or you made your profession or whatever, uh, 
where was your mind? Where was your you may not have complete understanding, comprehended everything that was that that was involved with salvation, but where was your heart at the time? And what has your life been like since then? If you're not really sure, and of our five children, we had at least two that I can think of that as a young person got uh, saved, but then had doubts when they got to be up in their uh, upper teenage years. And we, we never, as parents, we never said, oh, you did that. You did that on July 27th at 8 o'clock at night uh, over at uh, Freedom Baptist Church. We, we never said that, if, especially with our children, because we didn't want them to have a false hope or lead them to thinking that they're, I'm, I'm saved, I'm maybe just not growing spiritually or whatever. Uh, with young people, if, if they have doubts, if they have questions, sit down and go through it again. Uh, it's not, I personally ended up <laughs> not getting saved, but going through the motions three times before it finally registered and took. Okay, I've got it this time. It's not just praying a prayer. It's not just turning over a new leaf. It's not just committing myself to, oh Lord, okay, help me here. I got saved the last time. And, uh, but if we see somebody, an adult that struggles with it, just sit down and talk to them, walk them through the plan of salvation, and say, if you're not sure, why don't we make sure right now? And then try and get them involved. Uh, make sure that they're trying to get them to come to church or do a Bible study or, okay, we're, here, here's the Bible reading book that we're going through. You know, let, let's, re, let's read through the Bible together. Uh, I had a, a young man that uh, had grew up in a Christian home but had never read through his Bible. Folks very seldom did devotions or anything with him. Had all kinds of major problems, almost lost his marriage and everything else. And he said, I don't know what to do. I said, let's start reading the Bible. And we had, at that time, I had this Bible reading calendar like, like we're all using now. And he and I read through the Bible together every day. Not on the phone, but he'd read it at his place and I'd read it at my place. Almost every single day he called me. What? What is it talking about this? Or what, what about this situation? Or, or whatever. So we had a lot of Bible conversation, but during that time... He was concerned that he had lost his marriage. Uh, it, it's, it's never going to work out. She's never going to. Don't. We're not focused on that. We're not focused on the big problem. We're not focused on your big concern. We're focused on having a walk with the Lord. We're focused on having time in the Bible to grow spiritually. So that's kind of that's where we are. Beloved, but ye beloved, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus that we're supposed to walk in. Uh, we can know what to do, but we must make a daily decision. We can know what to do, but we need to make a daily decision. Sometimes in my life it's been an hourly decision, to be quite honest. You are only one decision away from a totally different life. One decision for the good or for the bad. That one decision can change everything. Decide to do right, then there will be, and you could write in your Bible, no regrets. No regrets. 
I've got regrets. Probably anybody in here who's been saved and has struggled along sometimes could say, I don't have a lot of regrets now, but I've got some regrets from the past that I wish wasn't there. So uh, that's the sum total of, of what I've got for us, uh, for us tonight. Uh, I'll pray, and then Aaron's going to come up. We'll sing a couple of verses of a song. If you feel like you need to come to the altar, come to the altar. Uh, we're just we're going to pray, sing a couple of songs, and uh, kiss each other and go home. <laughs> So, Father, we thank you for this time to be able to look at your word. Lord, uh, would you help us to remember some of the verses that we've gone through to help us remember that we're supposed to, we're responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for our own spiritual life. And we realize that uh, we're only as spiritual as we want to be. But, Lord, give us the desire. Lord, continue to work on our heart that we have that desire. And when that desire is not there, that we continue to push forward a little bit, staying in the word of God until you bring that refreshing that renewing spirit back in our lives. And we're thankful that we saw, heard, and felt you work in our lives, that we have that close relationship with you again. In Christ's name I pray. Aaron? Let's stand and sing 390. 390, have I done my best for Jesus. I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus, who died upon the cruel tree? To think of his great sacrifice at Calvary, I know my Lord expects the best from me. How many are the lost that I have lifted, how many are the chained I've helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me? The hours that I have wasted are so many. The hours I've spent for Christ so few. Because of all my lack of love for Jesus, I wonder if his heart is breaking too. How many are the lost and I have lifted? How many are the chained I've helped to free? I wonder have I done my best for Jesus? When he has done so much for me, no longer will I stay within the valley. I'll climb to mountain heights above. The world is dying now for want of someone to tell them of the Savior's matchless love. How many are the lost that I have lifted? How many are the chained I've helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me?